This week's episode of Reset with Tom covers more sensitive topics of mental health. So I'm putting out a trigger warning for suicide. This part of the conversation with my guest will be 25 minutes into the episode. If you're struggling, please see the included links in this episode description. Love yous. Welcome to Reset with Tom, the podcast. I'm Tom Metcalf, and each week I will be sitting down to chat with an inspirational guest, talking all things life and what it is that defines each and every one of us. This is realness to the core, unfiltered, all cards on that table. Now everyone has a superpower. Everyone has been seen as motivational by someone else, and that's the point of this pod, making you realize that you are a badass superhero and you should be taking pride in that and talking about your unique story. Yes, my guest today is definitely not one to shy away from helping other people. The work he does for your fellow humans is extensive. Through his health and well-being business, on top of the coaching he does, he's built it up solidly. And the impact he's had on so many different lives over the years is exemplary. Whether it be careers, relationships, identity, managing anxiety, he helps. Lord, does he help. A qualified confidence coach, certified bereavement counselor, and level three personal trainer with more of a focus on queer spaces and individuals, as well as consulting businesses to expand their knowledge on helping vulnerable clients. He's basically just here to help. And not just that, but help this man can make moves on a pole. And he can teach you a move or two since he's an instructor as well. Okay, on it. Right. You are just full of philanthropic goodness, aren't you? Which leads me to your introduction, Dominic. Dom, it's an honor to have you sat opposite me. And you're the first man guest on the show too, so no pressure. Do it for the boys. How are ya? I, do you know what? That was such a lovely introduction. That was that was amazing. I just kind of sat there and was just like, God, it's like this is your life, wasn't it? Really? That's um, that was amazing. <laughs> I know, and I'm always so out of breath and lightheaded. <laughs> um, I I am good. I am good. I am. I'm slightly tired after listening to everything that apparently I do. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good. I'm um, I'm enjoying the post Christmas New Year vibe that's mm-hmm. going on, I think, at the moment, and just kind of collecting thoughts and things before I before I get going again. But um but yeah, how are you? You know, I'm okay. I had a little nap like an hour ago, <laughs> which is which is really random in the back of my parents' car. Nice. Nice. Nap time is the best really- time. I know we went for it was my mum's birthday my beautiful mum's birthday and we went for lunch like somewhere really far away it was very far and then yeah I fell asleep in the back and I woke up to like the third day of the great flood and was literally in the ark is like serious storm out there right now seriously and I'm, I'm so glad you're bringing in the ark because definitely um, we're going to need to go in two by two because like it just doesn't it's not stopping I don't understand and I'm all for the rain. I love the rain because I feel like it just kind of like washes lots of stuff away and it's just kind of like it resets everything. And it's just, but um, it doesn't help with the wind because when I go out, like I don't want my face reset and I just feel the wind and the rain is just like, just washes away my face. So yes, I'm loving all these resets you're dropping. Is this intentional? 
It wasn't, but it will be now. <laughs> You're welcome. That's why we're here. Good. <laughs> well, and I know what you mean. It's, it's a weird time of year, isn't it? Because that New Year's block and then, and then you're past that, wherever your head is, you're kind of just in this, for a time anyway, just in this kind of like floating space of, okay, you're, you're reflecting on what you've, you've done, hopefully, and, and you're looking forward. You know, it's, it's pretty shite outside. It's not great. It's dark and rainy. And it's actually quite nice. Once you just start leveling through that, you can start riding the waves a little bit, start moving with those waves. No, totally. And I think as well, it's really important to remember kind of, especially with Christmas and New Year, like everybody does things differently, differently. And everybody kind of goes through different mental stages, physical stages, um, emotional stages, like through, through Christmas and the New Year. So it's kind of like wherever you are, it's an okay place to be. But I think for everybody, unless you're kind of Possibly Clark Kent. I'm not sure. And hopefully, like, everybody will know who Clark Kent is listening to this. If you don't, go and Google. Give a good Google. Right? You'll be very pleasantly surprised. Trust me. Uh, (laughs) But, um, yeah, unless unless you are Clark Kent and you come into January, there is definitely a massive lull in kind of where you want to be and, and productivity and... And just kind of sitting there being like, right, okay, I need to I need to plan. And I think probably the one good thing that I would say to everybody is to just not put any pressure on yourself to to be a certain way or to, like you say, ride that wave just however you want to ride it, you know? It's it's completely up to you. It's your choice how you do it. And you know, there's so many, especially working kind of in the industry that I work in, especially within the gym. There's a lot of emphasis on, oh, my God, the 1st of January, you must look like this. And it's just like, no, you could look like that on the 1st of July or the 21st of March. It doesn't really matter. You know, as long as you are doing it at your own speed in the way that you want to do it, then it doesn't really matter. It really is alleviating that pressure of this, this like emotional timeline that we have to be on. You know, not everyone has to be at the exact same, exact same spot on that timeline you know we're all at different stops and we don't all have to be functioning and moving at the exact same chapter points what's that about no i'm hungry doesn't mean you have to be hungry right now this is it completely this is it and like i i wholeheartedly agree with you you've got to you've got to move at your own pace because if you don't then as life goals 101 you know if you don't move at the pace that you want to go at then it's not going to feel authentic to you and it's not going to feel real to you either you know if getting up and sitting on the side of your bed is as much as you can do that day go you you know or if you get up and run 10 miles amazing like it's 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 whatever sits right with you and is most authentic and kind of pleasing to you as well because you've got to be happy from it you know such a such a big part of it, as we say, is just releasing yourself from that pressure, realizing your day can be however you want your day to be. Unless, of course, you know, you you recognize yourself going into some unhealthy cycle or or things are becoming too repetitive. But when we have these times or periods, how you know, it's it's still important to know that that's fine. Mm. It doesn't need to be this pressure to to be performing the same as everyone else. Again because that's just looking at everyone else apart from yourself. 
it's a really good way of kind of yeah we shouldn't at all in any in any shape or form compare ourselves to anybody else um going through this period and i think this is where the likes of these you know this kind of podcast this kind of conversation really really helps because you know you're sitting there and you're like oh god i've got to do this because so and so is doing this and and they're going to the gym five times a week so i've got to go to the gym five times a week or you know they're doing this with their business so i've got to do this with my business and it's just like well no because you know what if they hit a hurdle down the road and you hit the same hurdle like what's going to happen you know what what happens if if they go off and you're comparing yourself to them you shouldn't, it, it's so unhealthy. It's such an unhealthy thing to do. And I think if you're kind of like in, you know, like you're saying, you've noticed that unhealthy cycle or, you know, you feel that you're kind of getting into those bad habits, that's when it's time to just turn around and say, okay, like white flag is up. Let's start this again. Where do I, where do I need to go? Where do I need to be? What do I need to do for me that's going to satisfy me? Because by satisfying me, I'm going to satisfy the people that are around me because it starts with you. And even there, you're using examples of like the gym and stuff. You know, I tried, I tried going to the gym many a times, not for ages and ages. I was late to it, but it still just didn't completely work for me. And I home gym now. I don't have my own built gym, but I got my equipment in order to complete whatever programs I wanted to do and stuff. And now I'm like nine weeks into a 13 week program, which I've never, ever committed to. And I'm, I've been doing it pretty much every day because it just works for me doing at home. I have a bit of space that I can do it in, you know, I can put on music or I can have something on the screen as I'm doing it. I can pump myself how I want to be pumped. I don't need to worry about fitting it in with my like long hours at work or commuting from the city and back or the gym's going to be full of people. I won't be able to use that. Like you just make it then work for you. And I realize it doesn't need to be a bad thing to to the home gym yeah you can't do a few certain like um in terms of equipment and stuff but it works for me and that alleviated the pressure for me totally because i can do it under my own roof in mi casa exactly you don't need to go anywhere i love that um <laughs> i would absolutely love that um and and that's the thing like it's it's you you've hit the nail on the head doing what works for you making it your thing and and literally just removing everything away from it what does it authentically look like to you how are you going to make it something that you want want to do because you have to want to do things and just kind of marching to the beat of your own drum a little bit i going back to kind of <laughs> I feel you on um, when you said when you turned around to me, you were like, oh, like, no, it's you know, I've tried it, tried the gym, and you know, I've tried and tried and tried and tried. Trust me, when I say I tried all through like in school, um, in school, I remember my mother will be will tell you this. She'll be like, Yeah, it's terrible. Um, I only got I got, I got two D's in in my GCSEs. And we don't talk about them because I'm not very happy with them, but whatever. Uh, two Ds. One was in German, and that was because I never really turned up. And the other was in, in PE or like physical education. And I remember thinking, I was just like, well, you know, the German I'm a little bit upset about, but it's self explaining. Um, and the PE, like whatever, like it's fine because I'm never going to go into that anyway. Lo and behold, <laughs> fast forward 20 so years, and yeah, and, and here we are. But I, I remember like my PE teachers being like, uh, Dominic has no ball skills. And I was just like, oh, contrary. Um, 
quite the opposite, actually. Let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> let me fill you in. Um, and uh, yeah, and they, were, and they were just kind of just basically slated me. So I never saw that as an option for myself. I never saw that. And, and that really paved a way for me to kind of block all of that and, and, and not see that as a path for myself. And then I went to university. And the least said about that, the better, because that was just one long mess. Um, and then I came out of university and my sister died. And I was just like, oh, my God. And everything in my life completely changed. And I recognized that I needed to do something about kind of like my body. And I wasn't overweight. I wasn't, you know. But what I was doing is I was buying six sausage rolls. I was opening them up. I was putting cheese inside them, then putting them in the microwave and then demolishing them. And I was just like, I'm pretty sure I'm on the way to a heart attack. As tasty as that is, I'm going to put them down. So I went to the gym. I was down the end of my road and I picked the most beautiful looking personal trainer I think I could actually ever find. And he was, he was stunning. And I really hope he listens to this because he was stunning. Is this Clark Kent? No, but on like, like literally Clark Kent's here. My personal trainer, just tiny, just a little bit below him. Not going to lie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it's um it's it's quite a statement to make, but I I stay true to it, and, and he'll love it. He <laughs> sounds terrible, but I loved going to the gym. One because I loved seeing him, and two because of of how he made it feel. He made the gym fun. He made sport fun. He made it challenging for me. I'm pretty sure I was probably a very challenging client for him as well. You know, I moved. I moved flat. And he st he stopped. He subsequently stopped personal training, not because of me. <laughs> just want to add that. Just stopped. He, <laughs> well, I did not make him stop personal training. What did you do? I know. <laughs> just some people. <laughs> it was awkward. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> no. He uh, he kind of went on to to amazing things and is and is doing really well. But uh, I I moved flat. And I went through a breakup and then I went through another breakup and I found myself in a very, very dark space. Very, very dark. And I was like, oh, this isn't okay. And I was just like, what was the one thing that I loved to do? And I discovered the gym again. And every morning at half past five, it's going up at half past four. Half past four. I know. Wild. It's even in the winter. Even in the winter. I know. And I'd, I'd be in the gym at half past five, and then I'd be at my desk by half past seven. Do you and... know what? I don't slate it. I think it's still. I think it's still exemplary. I think when people can wake up and they can just crack on. But the thing is, you? is that because I'm not one of these people that can go in the evening. Because if you look at me in the evening, I will. I, 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 well, don't look at me in the, do you remember Medusa? Like when people looked at her. I remember her. We had a moment. You know, and you, people looked at her and they turned to stone. That's what happens in the evening with me. People look at me in the evening and they're just like, oh my God. And I'm like, no, don't, it's fine. Um, just let me be. So nothing gets really done in the evening, to be honest. Uh, so I had to go in the morning and I, I really started to push myself. And I wasn't going for the good body or the healthy lifestyle. I was going to deal with the demons in my head. 
and really processed. And it was that hour and a half was mine to process anything. And I wasn't anybody's ex-boyfriend. I wasn't anybody's manager. I wasn't anybody's son or anybody's brother or anything, anything to anyone. I was just Dominic. I was just me. And for that hour and a half, it was just me. And it was pure bliss. You found your, yeah, you found your space, I suppose. You found, you found your home and your comfort in that when you would go. Mm. And it is really important, especially when you say there the amount of things that spiraled there for you and the amount of things that built up. And there is a moment when, surprise, surprise, you can't carry all those heavy boxes when you're on that ladder and that's, that's going to break. That's why we have to find these little like oases of where we find joy, where we can just be ourselves for ourselves. Because the foundations of anything in life, whether it be positivity or whatever, that comes from you spending all the time you have getting to know yourself, you the best out of anyone else, you have to know yourself the best for you to get onto that next stage. So I love that you found that. I don't know whether it was just for a moment or it obviously lasted on, but, but when you have that, that place, it is, I'm happy that you did have that in that moment. 100%. And, and it kind of really knocked on a lot of other things for me as well. And it started changing the conversations that I was having too, because, you know, instead of having conversations about things that I was, you know, that were made me angry um, and that made me sad and kind of really pushed me into that kind of that negative cycle that I was going in, I actually found that I was having conversations about hope and about joy. And I was learning to laugh again. And I had a very good therapist as well. She was amazing. She, God bless her soul, she is still a therapist. So like, <laughs> I didn't make her run away, which is great. No, she's, uh, she's, she was fantastic. And something that I, I learned and I, something that I still work on to this day is my self-worth. And that's what I learned at the gym was my self-worth and how much, how much I am worth, how much my time is worth, how much, you know, my friendship is worth, how much my love is worth. And then I kind of started, once I started doing all of that and once I started at the gym, I discovered pole dancing. When I say it was the most, it saved my life, I, I genuinely mean it saved my life. I learned about my body and I learned how strong my body can actually be. And I don't mean muscles or anything like that, like how strong your body can be to just hold you to just, and just turn around, you know, and a lot of the times that I see, especially when I'm teaching now, a lot of the things I see is people's heads get in the way rather than their bodies. And people will always turn around to you and say, oh, I wish I could do that, but my body won't let me. Your body is as strong as fuck. Like it has got you. Like it's, it has got you so much and it's separating it from your head and your heart and everything else. I, I will say this to, to, to my last breath. When you're hanging upside down on a long metal pole 
just by your leg and there is nothing else to separate from the ground and your spine, you will realize how strong your leg can be. Like it will be very, very strong because it's, it's sitting there and it's supporting you, it's holding you. And it's just like, well, if my body can hold me, my brain can hold me. And I can, I can, I can almost lasso. Is that the word I mean? Do I mean lasso? Like kind of just, yeah, I can kind of, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can hook on to my brain and just be like, no, we're not going there. That's, that's a bad thought. I don't need that thought. How is that going to service me? I like this thought over here, which says, hey, you can do this. And that's a much nicer thought. So I'm going to go there. So it did. It really taught me a lot. It taught me a lot of kind of discipline. It taught me a lot of not giving a fuck, not caring, and, and actually feeling like a hoe. And I was just like, there ain't nothing bad about being a hoe. And you know what? It's actually really interesting because I saw a story um, or a video, a little snippet TikTok. I will let you get a word in the, in the scene, Tom, don't worry. No, please. Realise it's just... <laughs> but um, I saw a video uh, the other day of Cardi B and she was on the Ellen show. Ellen turned around to her and she was just like, did you enjoy it? Because Cardi B, is, is um, she's, she doesn't shy away from the fact that she is a... Um, she was a, a stripper and she turned around. She was just like, no, she was just like, I loved it. She's like, I loved stripping. And you know what? It kind of, I, I love it because it's got such a taboo thing about it. And pole dancing and stripping are two very, very different things. Just want to put that out there. Pole dancing is more of a fitness, I think. Um, whereas stripping is just being fabulous. And she was, she just turned around, she was just like, no, she was like, I loved it. Why, why wouldn't you? She was just like, there's this common thing that's expected to be, you know, if it's something taboo or it's something that we're not supposed to be kind of doing, then it's shameful and it's wrong. And it's just like, hun, you have got way too little time on this world, on this planet to be worrying about that kind of shit. Like, if you want to do it, just go and do it. Apart from murder, don't do that. No, or things with animals. Or things with animals, don't do that either. Children, like any of those things, like you know, there's animals, a line. especially whales, and yeah, nothing in the ocean. And recycle, but, must remember to recycle always. But you're right, it's ownership, these worries of, and that's why, yeah, it gives you so much like strength and just like power when you see, like when you saw her say these things, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because sometimes I'll say things in conversations because I'm, I'm very open. Or even if you're having like a sexual conversation with someone or you're talking about something on that level, I respect people's levels, of course, but I also just think, just embrace this, right? Like you say, we're here once. And Literally. like you were saying about your body and what your body does for you, yeah. It's like fight or flight. Your body, once you are alive, it will do these things to you. It will hold on for that extra 10 seconds to make sure you don't fall. And die. Yeah. Because it wants you here as well. When you're in those moments of just owning something like that, like say if you were a stripper or whatever you might do as a job or in your personal life or whatever, own the fuck out of it. Mm. Own it. It's you. You know, one of the one of the last things my sister my, my sister said to me was she was just like, make sure you're happy she was just like always be happy and that was one of the biggest things that I kind of took with me and before I saw my therapist and before I kind of went into everything I was just like I am not doing what my sister told me to do I am not being happy 
what's going to make me happy? By asking myself that question, here I am, what, 12 years later, um, doing what I want to do and being badass because I love it. Yes. It's all we can all do is be that badass version of yourself. It's not even a version, it's you. Like, And I think it's, 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 it is big, like you say, the words she said to you, 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 carry, you carry these. These are, these are the legacies that these beautiful people have. And they're the things we carry on. And it's beautiful now that we all know those words as well, because this is how, in many senses, we keep people alive and we make sure people are, are always championed. And that was your motivator, right? Remembering those words and actually realizing that you needed your own motivator. You needed to figure out what that was in your life, which honed in on um, fitness, right? Yeah, definitely. Fitness and mental health. Mental health was a massive thing for me. You know, I, I remember it kind of all came into a bit of a... An accumulation around, oh, it must have been about 2017, yeah. And I had just gone through a bit of a, a just one, quite possibly one of the weirdest breakups, I think, ever. Uh, and it was, it was, it was intense and it was just all over the place. I was just like, there's, I was just, there was something in me that just felt so dark and so lost. I kept thinking to myself, I was just like, I am the, or the, I kept thinking to myself, the wrong one, the wrong one has died. The wrong one has gone because it was, it was just me and my sister. And I was just like, do you know what? Like, I'm going to stop all of the, all of the pain that I'm causing everyone and all of the hurt that I'm causing everyone. I'm just going to take it away. Just, I'm just going to take it away. And that for me was stepping in front of a train. That was that was that was my low. That was my my lowest point. And I remember in the morning, and I was just like, if I just do it now, like it's fine. Um, and I sat there, and I don't know what it was. I'm so thankful for what it was. I think it was. Uh, do you know what? I know. I do know what it was. It was me. It was me fighting for myself. And it just said, just don't press the stop button for a second. Go and find some help. Go and go and do what you need to do, and then see if you can see if you can feel a bit different. You know, just just press stop, raise your white flag for a second, and I did, and I'm so glad I did because I'm so glad you did. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Um, because the amount of people that I've come across who have gone through something similar, um, who have had loved ones who have actually followed through with that thought process and it's such a maze of of mental pathways uh, that I think is kind of that surrounds suicide especially um but it's, but death in itself and it's one of the things that we just don't understand and it's because we can never understand it until we go through it so I think for me the biggest thing that came from that is that I've actually learnt to hear the voice that says fight, fight for yourself. And those words of be happy and fight for yourself are the things that I will carry through till, yeah, till my last breath. The most 
important words that you've ever experienced? Yeah. Coming from your sister and also coming from you. Yeah. And and this is the thing as well, you know, kind of it's it my story starts with my sister, but my story starts where I started fighting for me. I started believing in myself as opposed to I was believing that I was my sister's brother. You know, that's that's where it was going. You know, my identity was linked to that. And it's actually like, no, my identity is linked to me. I am my identity, not anything that I've I've been through before or, you know, not linked to anybody that I've come across before. You know, my exes are not my identity. My sister's not my identity. My mother isn't my identity. I'm my identity. You know, everything that makes up me is my identity. And that's being a gay, pole dancing, business owning, <laughs> bereavement counselling, you know, just kind of, just amazing kind of, I am being who I needed to be for myself when I was younger. And, and, and that is, that is the biggest thing is that I'm being who I needed, who I needed, essentially. One of the reasons why I decided to start doing everything that I'm doing is because I love watching other people grow. I love watching people succeed. I love watching them reach their goals, whatever that may be. It's so freaking exciting. Like, I, I can't tell you the excitement that I, if I could bottle it and sell it, I would. But it's just because it's when you see somebody, you know, and I see it a, a lot within kind of like life coaching and confidence coaching, you know, when somebody turns around to me and they're like, oh my God, I went into that meeting room and I smashed that presentation. And everything that has gone into that 10 minutes worth of presentation all of the all of the work that's gone into it of okay well i'm not good enough okay i've got imposter syndrome okay this okay i can't speak publicly i need to you know i need to work on visualizing everybody naked in the room whatever that may be all of those things that go into just 10 minutes like come on like it's incredible it's incredible the amount of work that people do you know when you get clients who lose weight put muscle on do this, do that, get to their body goals. When they turn around, they're like, yeah, I, I, I achieved it. You know, I had one client the other day and she was just like, Dominic, she was just like, this is amazing. She was like, I have an ass. And I was just like, that's your ass. You've worked hard for that ass. That's yours. Like, don't let anybody take it. Do you know what I mean? Because that's, do you know what I mean? Like, that's all I want for people is to turn around and say, yes, I did it. I know I'm capable of doing it. Let me do, let me do some more because I like that feeling. It is. I'm not just getting like flustered because you're talking about ass, but I'm just like, I love this as well. I love this so much. I'm picturing her saying this as well. It is such a moment of like, you know, that person going and doing that meeting and kicking ass because we don't have limitations. If something is scary or uncomfortable to you, it's, it's breaking down that barrier of closing that away and actually, and actually just taking it on and each time taking so much away from it. Even if you are doing this presentation for 10 minutes, and I know there's so many people out there who say they could never public speak. They could never present in front of a room of even four or five people. But 
everyone, everyone, everyone can. If you had a gun to your head and they said, do it, speak to them about maths, speak to them about the railway network, like if that's in your job or whatever, you would do it. You've got a gun to your head. You would do it. I'd say anything about the bloody railway network if I had a gun to my head. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, it's rubbish, but it's fine. And it gets me to my location. Maybe late, but I'm there. You know, it's, but it is. And you, you're so, you know, you're right in what you say. But it's, I loved what you said there of breaking down barriers. And someone will come to me and they'll say to me, oh, okay, I want to lose weight. And you're like, okay. And they're like, but, you know, I want to lose weight and I really don't like the gym. And I'm like, okay. So, and then we sit there and I'll have a chat with them and I'll be like, right, okay. I was like, what are you doing for your mental health? And they're like, oh, nothing. Not, a lot. I'm not, not really doing anything. Or like, I'll go for walks and I practice mindfulness and I do this and I do that. And I'm like, great, okay. And the reason why I ask it is because 99% of the time when you're walking into the gym, you're walking into the gym with everything that's going on in your head. And it's just like, if you're going to lose weight, there's something else that's going on behind it. You know, it's not because you want to lose weight. There's, there's, there's something there behind it that's, that's stopping you. And so, some t- for some people, it's medical. Some people, it's that anxiety is so real, you know, but it's, it's actually working out what it is. Because once you've worked it out what it is, then it becomes a little bit easier to deal with it and to be able to manage it and to process it. You know, if somebody comes to me, like I say, wanting to lose weight, and they're like, oh, but I, I can't stop eating, and I don't want to stop eating this. Okay, so what's going on behind that? Nine times out of ten, you've recognised that there's some sort of trauma that's linked to their overeating, and 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 that's what's causing them to, to kind of be in the position that they want to be in. Now, they might turn around to you, deal with the trauma, and then turn around and be like, actually, no, I don't really want to go to the gym. It's fine. You live your best life. Go for it. I want to see you succeed. But if you're coming to me and turning around to me and saying to me, okay, like I, I want to come to the gym to lose weight. What's brought you here? What's happened? What, what major change has happened for you to be, to, to book this consultation in with me and to come and talk to me now? Because something's behind it and I want to know what it is. Because one, I'm really nosy. And two, it's going to help you understand why you're here. And you haven't discovered it yet. And whatever it is externally, right? A massive factor of that is that it's you. I mean, the person who's coming, it's that, that ownership of that decision that they have made. Even if you asking that question, yeah, it sparks and, and they realize what it was actually, you know, they might have just gone into automated control and, they, and, they, and they've just acted and they've, and they've come to you. But fundamentally, it's them, isn't it? And, and, and that's so important to make people realize that like, yo, you made that decision. You took that ownership for a second in your life. And that is going to benefit you wholeheartedly moving forward now because no one else is in charge. You're in charge. Back on. Go. Go with everything that you've learned, everything that you've, you've needed to support yourself, all of those skills everything that's in your toolbox, go, go and put it to the test because it can only, you can only do amazing things with it. That's it. It's big, isn't it? And you really do remember these specific moments of when you're just in that 
space, that mindset, and and you allow yourself to ask for help. You know, it can happen at numerous points in your life, but especially the earlier times, you know, you remember it. I remember when I, you know, when I got therapy the first time and I remember having a panic attack and coming out of work and I had a number and I remember just stood there and and I called it and it goes, you know, it goes through to a, to a central team of people first. I think I actually just thought I was going straight to, to a therapist. Little did I know. <laughs> um, how are you doing? Have you ever had... Have you ever like been suicidal or anything? And and that punched me in the gut and I broke down crying. And I think because no one had ever directly asked me that before. And 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 I remember saying, I need some help. I owe so much to me in that moment. And it's beautiful because you remember these moments of strength, not weakness. These are your strongest moments. Again, another thing so many people don't realize, how so many people still think, I mean, that's not giving enough credit, not as many people, but still a lot of people, whether it's talking or being emotional, asking for help, it's like... I think it's, yeah, it's, I totally agree with you. And I think you rewind 200 years ago, we, we know a lot more now than we, we did 200 years ago. And we are exposed to a lot more now than we were. And, and I think, you know, you look at the, the, the giants that are social media um, and those different platforms. And I say all the time, you know, social media is just one tiny, tiny moment of somebody's life. That's it. You don't see anything else that's gone into the back of that. And, and how that person was 10 days before or 10 minutes before, you know, we're exposed to so much, too much, I think, sometimes. And I think sometimes, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I might be, I, I, I welcome the, the, the backlash. But I think sometimes, you know, we are exposed to too much and we can, we can take too much on. And I think sometimes we just need to turn around and say, actually, no. Like I, I, I'm, I'm okay with knowing this much, and this, this, this is fine for me. Um, and I don't think you know. Some people may say that's a little bit ignorant. Some people may say that's a bit foolish. But I think some, you know, if I'm supposed to know it, I'll know it. Like the the universe will put it out there that I, I, I will, I will know it. You know, there'll be one way for me to learn it. I've learned too much in my life to to not know certain things do you know what I mean like it's 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 made itself apparent along the way and this is good I think it's important that you everyone should be able to articulate like how they feel on it without the fear of backlash and to a degree yeah totally I mean there's certain things that you should, like yeah that you know I would I would never say but I think you know when it comes to when it comes to that kind of thing when it comes to information and when it comes to recognizing that certain bits of information are affecting your mental health or are affecting your ability to do day to day, just live day to day. It's okay to turn around and say, no, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm okay with that. You know, if you take, again, another kind of controversial topic, if you take COVID, for example, I remember 
just being bombarded with it every single day. And it was the only thing, because nobody else, nobody was doing everything, you know, we we were just constantly talking about COVID and two metres and how big two metres is. Because until COVID happened, I didn't really know how big two metres was. I really didn't. It was just, I mean, my maths was terrible. Don't ask me about mortgages, Pythagoras theorem, and how large two meters is. I just didn't know. So COVID has taught me how big two meters is. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's like all I can think of is the meter rulers that we used to get in school and be like, ah, it's two of those. But, it, you know, I, and I remember watching the news and I remember seeing, you know, all of the daily the daily numbers and it was and it was brutal and especially as a kind of as a bereavement counsellor it just it, it affected me big time it really did affect me big time and I remember turning the television off and I was like right I was like I'm going for a walk I'm going for a walk and at the time I lived quite close to a forest I was like I'm gonna go I'm gonna walk to the forest and I smelt trees and I looked at branches and I looked at nature and I felt twigs like breaking under my feet and I sat on grass and I was like, oh, this is the shit that's important to me. This is the stuff that grounds me, not the information that I'm learning or, you know, that I'm being bombarded with, but actually taking a break and, and appreciating the things that we so we 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 do incredibly well at just taking granted of you know we just we just we you know kind of sitting there and actually being you know listening to the trees and they're talking to each other and i know i sound like you know oh my god like the trees are talking to each other but it's just it's it's just everyone nice. knows they are they are i mean come on everyone's seen lord of the rings they're talking to each other but oh, um yes right um i'll always get a lord of the rings moment in there somewhere somewhere i will because it was kind of in the first episode, but it wasn't an amazing moment. So this is kind of made up for it. You know? Um, and, uh, but just listening to, to something other than information was just really crucial for me. And, and now I do it. Now, you know, I love waking up in the morning and listening to the birds, listening to birds outside. Um, apart from pigeons. I mean, don't get me wrong, pigeons are fine, but it's just a weird noise. Sorry, no, the worst one is magpies. They're not even nice birds anyway. Magpies are awful. And I actually have a forest, literally just out there is a forest, that massive forest, so I'm countryside boy. Magpies are awful. They scare away all the other birds. We have lovely Mm. birds. Like They're always up at the window. They're like, and magpies they're the yeah true so loud and they're vicious and you'll see them on the side of the motorway eating carcasses (laughs) okay who knew that this was your trigger (laughs) there was a lovely film with naomi watts and andrew lincoln a few years ago where they petted a lovely little magpie in their home in Australia because she fell off a roof and she got paralyzed and they had this little bird. It's a lie. Magpies are Satan's pet. Wow. 
who knew okay i feel like i've touched a nerve so i kind of want to like either turn this into a session where i'm like so what's trigger <laughs> what's behind this trigger what's behind this feeling um but no i i mean to be honest with you you're growing up with someone uh, you're talking to someone who grew up with a very very superstitious mother um so whenever I hear them, I'm like, find the other one. There must be two. Two for joy. Um, so I'm just like, you'll see me smacked against the window looking for two of them. Yeah, I uh, I, I, I don't have a, a quite a strong feeling or affiliation to them. I do. They're two. on a similar level with like cardamom pods. They're just not. As you know, magpies <laughs> are way higher than cardamom pods. Uh, wow look we live with these things it's okay but not in my garden i just love because i love birds i just don't like the bully bird of the fam like it's just not cool it's not cool we have such lovely birds around them those all bastards but and this but this is you know this is what i i mean I, I don't feel as strong as you do but like towards pigeons like i just feel like pigeons are just kind of like they're just Aww. there and they turn up and they're like you know they're oh, kind of like the fan yeah they're like the family member that turns up at christmas that no one really knows why they're there but they're there anyway and we still feed them but like you know like, just, are you still gonna drink out of that puddle on the road when i'm about to run over you you know, and it's just like, and you can see in their in their faces, it's just like, oh, I think I've got two more seconds. Do I have two more seconds? Oh, now I've wasted that two seconds. Move. Um, you know, and it's just like, oh, God, like, come on, if you're not going to save yourself, seriously. But yeah, I digress. Um, in terms Wait, of- how did this, how did this listening happen? Listening to birds, listening to birds. But oh, it's, okay, it's, okay. Just listen to the birds in the morning. It's so much fun. And just finding that appreciation in the little things and finding that gratitude in the little things. I love being at sea and I love nature and grew up in the countryside. And, and I go to bed every night. I listen to, I do sleep visualization. I listen to thunderstorms every night. <laughs> but I tell people as well, nature is the giver and it will heal you eventually. Obviously, you need to do your own work, but it's a massive part of it. And I tell people, you know, if you go for walks and stuff, sometimes just disconnect from your headphones, disconnect from your pop, not this podcast. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful. Don't you turn me <laughs> off. No, disconnect. <laughs> Organisms, we're complex things. And if you strip it all away, especially our brains, and you strip, strip, strip it all away, take everything away, and what are you left with in the middle is the core. And the core is your morals and your values and everything that you have grown from everything that's kind of dictated and 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 shaped you into to to being who you are and the rest is all outside influences and i think nature is very much the same strip everything away and what you've got is the countryside the ocean the sky everything else around it is all the outside influences so when you've kind of stripped everything away we're not that different you know you've got your morals you've got your values you've got the things that are important to you that allow you to stand the test of time and that for me is what's so important and that's why i think i connect so deeply with nature and even commuting to work I handle it now because i do maybe on a good day just over an hour drive to london 
I used to get myself so worked up about all this driving and all this commuting. And, and at some point, I think it was during COVID because I was a key worker and still driving in on the empty motorways. Something just switched. I started using like all that time, really taking in the sky as I was driving and, and doing night shifts. And, and I'd see the sunrise in the morning and the orange sky. And I'd be like, so many people are not seeing this right now. And I'm actually really fortunate to see this, this beauty in front of me. So it's, it's these things that you can turn your mind on and just think, actually, I can be grateful to just have this time on my own with my thoughts but, and appreciating these little things that make me happy. And the sky makes me happy. <laughs> and to just, and to reset. Ta-da! See what I did. It's, I think, for me, the most important thing is taking the plug out of all the information and plugging it back in to the original source from where it came. I'm so happy. I did not think we were going to go down this nature route. Where did you think we were going to go, Tom? I thought we were just going to talk about Clark Kent for like an hour. And all about, I don't know, maybe Lois. Are you looking for one-on-one coaching in self-discovery, confidence building, and a positive mindset reset? Well, look no further, my friend, and good on you wanting to make a change. That's why I'm here. Drop by my website and fill out an online form for a free 30-minute consultation with me. Obviously. We'll talk through what it is in your life you want to change and how we can get you thriving as an authentic version of you. I did it, and so can you. All I ask is you bring honesty, you show up as yourself, and in turn, I'll give you the support you need to transform your life. You beautiful badass. Go to www.resetwithtom.com and follow the link for your free consultation. I'm a friend. This is what I love to do and I'm here to help you. See you there. Everything that I've gone through in life is a le- there is a lesson to be learned from it. I don't go through anything in life without learning something from it. That might sound ridiculous, you know, especially when you're kind of like, oh my God, the train is late. And it's just like, okay, well, the train is late. So what am I going to learn from this? One, that I can only be, I can only do so much. And I'm only one person. I can't be there on time all the time. You know, other factors will influence it. Two, I've got more time to do, read my book. Or I've got more time to work on a client's program or do something, you know, that's that I wouldn't main I may not necessarily have had time for. So there's a lesson to be learned in everything. And I mean that in in especially in terms of my sister. You know, there is a lesson to be learned from that. And as heartbreaking and soul-destroying as that was, it's taught me so much and it's actually given me the foundation for me to build on something that hopefully will last and hopefully I'm doing well at and hopefully is kind of making a difference because, you know, we learn everything about cancer and family units and all kinds of different things. I, you know, I've learned about suicide. I've learned about therapy. I've learned about 
everything that I've learned about because of everything that I went through. So they are the lessons that I've learned. And when I'm doing my bereavement work and, and I'm talking to, to my clients, a lot of it is actually saying, okay, what have you learned? What, what has that person taught you? You know, what has that person left with you? Because even though they've left you, they haven't, they haven't left you completely. You know, there's, I think that was one of the biggest things I turned around at my sister's funeral and I looked at everyone and it, and it became very apparent in the years after that my sister had been very clever in what she'd done. And she'd actually left a little piece of her in so many different people so that you get us all, to, all together and collectively you've got her. And I think that's, that's the best thing that you can do is every time that you meet somebody, leave a little bit of you there so that ultimately when you do go, collectively they make you it's beautiful it's so true it is so true and it's legacies it is you're you know you're gonna have such incredible parts in you that come from her like you say and you see it in all other people and and even when people go you know it's not always gonna be amazing things that people left behind but as long as they're things yeah yes these people are all around us and we're just so fortunate to have had them and we've got to keep them going, you know, because everyone can now be thinking about someone that, that they've lost, um, someone beautiful in their life. And it's so vital that we do as you're doing and we keep them alive through not only everything else, but through the words and, and sharing them with other people. Mm. Yeah. It's understanding your boundaries it's understanding, you know, you're not Clark Kent all the time. No, thanks. You can take these, you can take these moments, and and you can be okay with that. And you, and on top of that, you don't need to feel, you know, how you can have a build up of like messages, or and you're having a day like that, and then all of these other, all of these other cogs in this machine that's like led you to just want a down day, adds more pressure, and then. You worry about then having to message all these people back or, or to do that. And it's just like, just pause for a moment, watch Shit's Creek and enjoy that moment of your own tranquility of just taking a rest. You don't have to watch Shit's Creek, but I just advise it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good go-to. Um, it's, it's, do you know what I appreciate? And I, and I, and I will turn around and I, I will be the first person to turn around and say, Sometimes that's really bloody hard to do. Sometimes you will sit there and you'll be like, I've wa- I'm wasting today. I am, you know, I could be doing this. I could be doing, I should be doing that. You know, why can't I do it? But it's actually turning around and saying to yourself, am I going to do that as well as I can do, feeling like I'm feeling now? Or should I wait until I know that I can do it at 100%? I will turn around and I'll text people back and I'll be like, really sorry, was having a Natasha day. And they'll respond to me like, yeah, okay, fine. What are day, you, sorry? A Natasha day. So Natasha day, sorry, my, Natasha was my sister. So I was just like, I was having a Natasha day where I was just like, I don't want to do anything. Like everything's kind of got a little bit on top of me and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm back 
I'm back where I kind of was not as bad but I'm I'm kind of I'm 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 there and I just need to raise my white flag for the day so I turn around I'm like I'm having a Natasha day I'm I'm sorry I'm out it's great it's you know it's 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 not great at the time because I'm going through those things um but once again I rely on myself and say I know I'm going to get through it and I think it was um was it Tina Knowles Beyonce's mum very random tangent but she's at the end of one of Beyonce's songs she turns around and she says um it's called going through it you know you're not going to get stuck there you're not going to die you're going to survive it's called going through it you're going to go through it you're not going to get stuck there and that hits me so deep because it's just like that allow yourself to have that day because that's you going through it and you need to get to the other side so why wouldn't you? I think Angelina Jolie also says it. There you go. See? Go through it. Feel it. Embrace it. You have to. Wow. What bosses? Hmm. I know. Um, and one of them gave birth to Beyonce. Like, come on. Which one? <laughs> it's, it's, it's called going through it. And, and that applies, I, pr- I think, pretty much to anything. I think it's... Um, especially with confidence, especially with grief, uh, especially with the gym. Some people that come into my gym sessions hate me and hate the gym. Like I had one person, they turned around to me and they were like, I hate you and I hate this. And I was like, I know, but I love you. And I'm so glad that you told me this because I'm going to make you do it even more. And, it's, and, and, and then you can, have, you can have a bit of banter with them because they will learn to love you. That's it. And you can turn around and they, and then, you know, it's, it's going, you're going through it. I'm, you know, you're not going to get stuck on the Stairmaster unless something's gone very, very wrong. You know, you're not going to get stuck in the gym. You're going to do be there for an hour and then you're going to leave. And nine times out of 10, I can pretty much guarantee that you're going to feel amazing after you've left. And you're going to feel amazing after that therapy session. You're going to feel amazing after that coaching session. You're going to feel amazing after the pole lesson. You're just going to feel amazing. One time out of 10 where you probably won't is if you are that person that gets stuck in the Stairmaster. But it very rarely happens. It's a very small space. So unless you're like a leprechaun, then I don't think you're going to get stuck in the Stairmaster. Called going through it. Go through it. <laughs> just go all the way through. <laughs> and you'll come, you come out around the other side. <laughs> I'm so stiff. <laughs> like I, d- I've just re- realized as I've rearranged. Okay. I mean, I'm yeah, my legs and my back. Oh my gosh! For, so for, for people who can't see you, for people who can't see Tom right now, he's actually talking about his entire body, not just kind of because <laughs> he's literally entire. just. He's just said, I'm really stiff, and it's only just because I've rearranged. Um, now, for those who have no visual, he is not talking about what you think he's talking about, okay? No, <laughs> I'm not talking about my penis. I'm talking about like, my whole body. <laughs> because I'm also sat on like a kitchen stool as well. So I'm like, you know, one of these skinny ones. Oh, my God. And then you have to try and keep yourself still. I know. I feel like um, I Anne Hathaway... In Princess Diaries 1, when she's, like, getting her etiquette training, although I do advocate good posture, talk to us about your coaching and 
and really like what it means to you and yeah just preach i have never been i've never really fully embraced the gay community and it took me a long time and a lot of my friends growing up were heterosexual i remember when i when i came out i kind of felt no one else got it and i felt very kind of like very envious and very jealous of people who had gay friends and who would just kind of you know just go around and, and be able to share their stories with each other I kind of felt like in school I was I was like and and by no means did they ever make me feel my friends were amazing like they were the most supportive people in in the world and I'm still very good friends with with a lot of them now um but sometimes you just kind of want to, I, I, I just want to have that conversation with somebody of just being like, I feel like this and I feel like this. And, and for me, I think the biggest thing is I feel everything. I'm, I'm very empathetic. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of went into coaching um, and went into counseling is I feel everything. I kind of, I, you know, if somebody's I remember seeing this diagram and it was just like, this is somebody who's being sympathetic and they're looking down this massive black hole at the person that's sitting at the bottom. So somebody's sitting at the bottom of this black hole and this person's leaning over the black hole and they're like, oh, are you okay though? I'm really sorry that you're down there. And they were like, that's sympathy. Empathy is, and then this other picture of this person climbing down the ladder and just being like, I don't know why you're down here, but you look like you might need some help. So I'm going to come down and sit with you and we can, we can talk about it. Or, you know, I can sit with you until you're ready to, to climb back up the ladder. And that's what empathy is. It's actually sitting there and just being like, okay, I, I don't know what I can do to help you right now. Maybe there's nothing I can do to help you, but I'm just going to, just going to be here with you. And I very, very quickly realized kind of once oh, once I grew a bit older and once I kind of looked at at the community, especially the 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 LGBTQ plus community, and just realized that we have all got a story. And we've all got we've all got a story that kind of really actually probably starts the most majority of us with us being very alone very on our own and actually recognizing that we are kind of a little bit on our own with our thoughts and with how we think and how we how we act and i looked at it and i was just like hmm what is this and obviously my you know spidey senses started kicking in and i was just like okay let's let's have a look at this i genuinely thought to myself there is a hell hell a lot of trauma that is involved in 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 the gay community in the queer community sorry because we still have to and and luckily i think we're moving out of that now we we still have to come out you know we have to come out we have to turn around and say hey everybody i'm a little bit different and for me for and especially when i came out because i came out when i was 16 it really affected me because I felt like I was going through grief. And I feel like that's a lot of people as well go through grief. And it wasn't until my mum turned around and we had a massive conversation about me coming out. And we are a very Irish Catholic household. So 
it just has its complications. It had its complications. And I spoke to my mum and and we sat down. She was really honest with me one day and she was just like, I, I she was like, I struggled, struggled to get my head around it. And I was like, but why? And I was just like, oh my God, why did you struggle, Mary? Look how fabulous I am. And she was just like, because when you're born, you, she said, I sat there and I, I envisioned a world for you. And I envisioned what you were going to do, who you were going to be, how you were going to be, everything like that. And she was just like, in the space of 30 seconds, that was all obliterated. And she was just like, nobody's to blame. It's nobody's fault. Like, it's just, it's, it's who you are. She was just like, but all of that was gone. And I resonated so much with that because as a gay man who had spent 16 years being a straight person, and then all of a sudden you have to say goodbye to that person. That person's gone. As soon as you come out, that person is gone. And in a way, that's grief. You have to grieve that person. You know, that person, no matter what you've taken from them, like I've said before in the podcast, whatever you've taken from them, you still have to grieve them in a way. You still have to say goodbye. And I don't know... And for, for me, that was very much kind of a, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get why I had so much trauma attached to my coming out it was because I had to say goodbye to somebody and I didn't know how to say goodbye to them because you're a completely different person now and you have to almost reinvent who you are. You always have to say, okay, this is me. You know, that was straight Dominic. This is now gay Dominic. And even though there's no difference on the surface underneath there is a whole load of difference. It's like the iceberg, you know, the iceberg looks small on top. What the hell is going on underneath? So for me, that's kind of where it started. And I was just like, okay, there's a hell of a lot of trauma here. And it trauma, and I think everything that's associated with trauma comes out differently in, in, in different people. And I, yeah, and I, my life coaching is very much like with all coaching, it's very much kind of, you know, you're forward thinking, you're thinking about your goals and, and what your goals are. But an element of that is actually dealing with what's gone, what's gone on in the past and what's happened in the past and how that's affected everything you are now. You know, one of the biggest things that I say is, and this is kind of how I, you know, depict it to, to people who kind of like have the ability to kind of paint the picture almost, is whatever you go through, you're knocking down the old house and you've knocked down this old house and this old house is, you know, you've got this, this was your house and it was amazing, whatever. And that was the old you. And then you've knocked down this house. You are able to bring bricks from that old house into this new house but you can also bring new bricks into it so you can have some of the old bricks and some of the new bricks and and together it makes a it makes a new house and it makes a different house and it makes a house that you want it to be and for me a lot of kind of like my life coaching a lot of my confidence coaching is breaking down that house is actually turning around and saying nope that house we're going to we're going to we're going to smash it down let's build a new house what foundations do you want in that house let's build from there what do you want to take from this aspect of your life and put into this new one because you can that's your prerogative and 
I wish somebody had told me that when I came out because I was like, I have to be a totally different person and I have to live up to these societal norms and these stereotypes and everything instead of just being me, instead of just being authentically me and actually taking the time to work out who authentically I was. And I wasted a lot of time. I wasted a lot of time being different things to different people when really what I could have done or should have done was just focused on rebuilding my house with the bricks that I wanted and the new bricks that I wanted. When you look at people and you look at their confidence, it starts with your foundation. What does your foundation look like? And then build on it. Again, it goes back to that self-worth. And I have this wonderful analogy I don't know whether I've used it on you before. Have I used the cake analogy on you? Yes. I have. See, you're welcome. Give it to me. I love it. It's amazing. So it's basically, what kind of cake are you? And for me, I'd be a chocolate cake. And I'd be a Toby Carvery chocolate cake. Have you been to the Toby Carvery? Um, I have not had this analogy. I realise now. Have you not? Okay. No. I was just a bit stunned then because I realised I hadn't and I was thinking, what cake am I? What cake are you? Uh, You continue because I need to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) So I am Toby Carvery's chocolate cake. Now, the Toby Toby Carvery chocolate cake is incredible. It's three layers. And I don't know how they've done it. They're amazing. But like the buttercream side is fantastic. It's two two sets of buttercream. And then the fondant icing on top is exquisite. And every single time they heat it up, they must have heating instructions because it's exactly the right temperature to eat with the ice cream, to eat them together. So your teeth aren't going through this like kind of like weird, oh my God, it's too hot. No, it's too cold. What am I doing? I don't know. Who am I? And it's just, it's just all together a really, really scrumptious thing. Now, this chocolate cake is everything that I want it to be. Now, I am that chocolate cake. That chocolate cake is me. That's, that's, that's who it is. So if I give a piece of that chocolate cake to somebody and they gobble it up and they're like, oh my God, I want another piece of chocolate cake. Do you think I'm going to give them another slice of chocolate cake? If they've gobbled it up and they've really enjoyed it, do you think I'm going to give them another piece? I don't think of course you I should. Could. Oh. Okay. I'm going to give them another piece. I'm going to, because, you know, that's, that's, that, that, they've enjoyed it. They've really, really enjoyed it and they really want another piece. So I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, fair enough. You can have one. I'm sorry. I don't know why this does sound sexual. <laughs> oh my God. Don't turn my analogy sexual. Jesus. <laughs> Who's the way? I'm sorry, because that's why I said I don't think you should give them anymore. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, so you're going she to give you're giving them another okay, so piece. For everybody else apart from Tom, who's literally just, just God, I'm not going to be able to look at Toby Carvey chocolate cake the same way again. <laughs> Stop! I'll throw up. Let's keep going. <laughs> so, so, I so. I've given it to somebody, they've eaten it all up. They're like, yes, I want another piece. I'm like, yes, here's your other piece. Enjoy it. Like you, you've earned it. Like, well done. If I give that piece of cake to somebody and they're like, oh, mm, I won't eat it now. 
I'll, I'll I'll save it for later, and then I might mention it a bit a bit later. Am I going to give them another piece? This time, definitely no. No. Now, if somebody turns around to me and says, "Oh, can I have a piece of cake?" and I give them a piece of of cake, and they leave it there and it goes stale, and then they come back and they're like, "Oh, actually, can I grab another piece?" Am I going to give them another piece? Mm-mm. No. And it, the symbolization is that you are the cake. So if somebody comes along to you and says, oh, okay, you know, I, I really like spending time with you or, you know, I really like our friendship. I, I love this about you. Duh, duh, duh. And, they're, and they're eating that piece of cake and they're really enjoying it. Of course, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them more of my time. Because every single time somebody takes a piece of cake, that's time that you got to spend rebuilding yourself and actually kind of, you know, putting the time and effort into yourself to be that person to be you. So if somebody can come along and they're not going to, they're not going to enjoy that piece. They're not going to enjoy you. Why am I going to give you any more of my time? Why am I going to give you any more of my energy? If you're not, if you're not going to use it properly, if you're not going to enjoy it and you're not going to, to enjoy me and enjoy everything that I, that comes with me, why should I? And I think that's, that for me is the biggest thing is self-worth, confidence, everything, kind of all of those, those two major things really, really fuse together. Because once you know your worth, then you know that you've got that confidence. You've got confidence in your worth. And then once you've got that, then it grows from there. You mentioned it earlier about appreciating um, you are and, and, and when you see yourself as an awesome person that people people shouldn't just be taking taking pieces of you or disregarding pieces of you we choose who's in our lives and these people are hopefully here for our lifetimes but again we're here once and we should be surrounded with people that appreciate us respect us everything as we do to them and you know what it's quality not quantity it's and that is the thing that i i stand by 100%. You know, when I started going through everything, I started going through therapy, and I started going through and I started finding out who I was and who the authentic me was. A lot of people disappeared from my life. A lot of people couldn't, couldn't hack it couldn't, or didn't just 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 disappeared. They just disappeared. And, and actually, it left me with probably just like a, a, a handful of really strong, good connections. And they are still the good, strong connections. And I am blessed that I have managed to build on those connections and build different and other stronger connections with other people via those people. Because it's because that's that's the attraction. That's the law of attraction. That's what you're putting out. Once people see that confidence in you, once people see that you know your worth, that instantly is, 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 is attractive you know, whatever relationship that may be, whether it's a sexual one, whether it's a, a, you know, a partner relationship, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's a friendship, whatever it is, it's attractive to see that somebody is confident in at least one aspect of their life, because you're just like, yes, I like this person. They're on the, they're on the same wavelength as me. They're on the same vibe as me. You know, the higher your vibe, your vibe attracts your tribe. That's it. Your vibe attracts your tribe. You've got a negative vibe. That's where it's going. That's where it's stopping. And it's just actually turning around and being like, do you know what? Like, I feel like an absolute boss today. And I've woken up and 
I've put this music on and this is the music that makes me feel like a boss. So I'm going to find somebody who really likes that music because it makes them feel like a boss. And then all of a sudden, you've got a connection because you're just like, oh, like I feel confident when I listen to this music. So does this person. Bam. There it is. There's the strand. And it's actually just turning around and being respectful of other people's boundaries, knowing your own boundaries. No is a sentence. End of story. If you don't want to do something, you can just turn around and say no. Unless it's like saving someone, then please try your best to save them. But like, mm. or an animal, apart from a magpie, apparently. Definitely whales. <laughs> Definitely whales. Um, both the country and the animal. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, just kind of throwing me off. Uh, so, some of the shit I come out with is absolutely wild. But, um, and when you're in these situations where you yourself are told you've crossed a line here, you're actually, you know, if someone else is saying to you personally or in, in a way, you, you're, you're crossing my boundaries, you've actually, this is disrespectful and it's gone too far. As awful as that feels and as, as guilty as you might feel or whatever, you're learning from that. You always need to be learning from other people's boundaries. It's not always all about you because then you're going to end up on your own if you, if you never respected anyone's and you just thought about your own boundaries, you're gone in the wind. But when you have these moments, it happens to everyone. But when you're told that, and as crap as it might feel, that you know you've, you've upset someone and you've done this probably unintentionally or whatever, it's a positive thing to hear that and to get that feedback because then you know for the future. It's this word. It's this word, respect. Respect your boundaries, respect other people's boundaries, and respect what somebody else is saying to you. If somebody's turning around to you and saying, hey, I don't like this, or hey, this is making me uncomfortable, then it's just being like, right, okay, I'm giving you control of the conversation, or I'm giving you the control here of just like, how would you like it to be? Because this is how I thought it was going to be, but maybe that was, that, maybe that was wrong on my part. You know, you imagine the steps that you take to get to that end goal. Sometimes you're going to take a step and it's not going to be the right step. It's not. You're going to have to take a side step or you're going to have to take a diagonal step or you may have to take a step back to then take a step round. It's a chessboard. It's a massive chessboard. It, life is a massive chessboard and you've just got to play the pieces in the way that you have to. And that's the fun of it. That's the fun of it, of actually turning around and being like, hey, I get to do this. I want to make this a fun journey because if it's not, then what's the point in doing it? But yeah, it's, it's, it's listening to people. It's listening to your instinct. It's listening to your gut, listening to your instinct, listening to your gut. We are very quick to think with our head and our heart, but it's actually turning around and saying, okay, what was my gut saying? What, what, you know, is my gut saying stop here? Or is my gut saying go forward? Is it saying let's do this? Or is it saying, let's do that? Because our heads and our heart have a very big, you know, our head automatically goes to what we know. And our heart goes to what we want. Whereas our gut actually speaks to what we should, what we should move towards to, like where we should go. So I always, always find myself checking in with myself and just being like, actually, does this, does this align with my gut rather? Am I thinking with my head? Or am I thinking my, my heart here? Because actually, I, I need to just, just disregard both. It's recognizing 
A, relationships are transactional. And B, your, your time and energy is worth so much. It's worth a really, really good tasty cake. Mm. Chocolate cake. Right? Oh, my God. I'm obsessed. Toby Carter Triple cake. layered. Oh. I'm not actually a massive so cake person. Good. Oh, my God. Are you not? Jesus, I love no. it. I love it so I much. Do. I do love bread. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, a nice slice of bread. You're not going to give that slice away. Do you know what I mean? It works with everything. <laughs> I'm not going to think about what kind of other foods, food types that you can break up. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving all your amazing parts of Dom, Dominic. Oh, no. Thank you for giving me a space and time to do it. Like, it's amazing. I love, I love, I love doing like th- things like this because I love, I always said, if I can help just one person, the job's done. So, so fingers crossed. Everyone can go into the next day, you know, have a good impression on at least one person. We don't know what we're all thinking. And it's just great hearing from people like you, hearing about what you've done, hearing about what you've gone through and hearing about what you're doing. We can all be doing. And also importantly, we'll all get there. Because it's called going through it. Get in it, go through it, and you will get out of it. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, and enjoy the journey as much as you can. That's the thing. Enjoy that journey. Mm, roller coaster up. <laughs> lol. <laughs> we finished with a lol. So, okay, can we tell people where can we find you? What's your handle? What are you on? Here we go. Please spill. So, I am. Who are you? So uh, basically, you can find me um, on Instagram as Unity Coaching underscore Fitness, uh, and, and then you can find me under Unity Coaching underscore Confidence, um, and it's the same on Facebook as well. And yeah. I'm just branching out into TikTok as well. I'm just I'm going out there like it's going to be amazing. Literally, you can just and also you can actually find my website, which is um, I think it's Unity Dash Coaching. Air.co.uk and there's a big, massive picture of me. <laughs> it's stalking me. Thanks. Bringing up my numbers. <laughs> like, who was this sat on my homepage for 22 minutes? Right? Ta-da! <laughs> Just my my ugly mug looking at you like hello. Oh no, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. As I said, Dom, thanks for doing the thanks for doing everyone proud. Thanks for doing the men proud. Like I said, you're the first man guest on this show. And yes. you rocked it. Thanks, mate. Thanks I, so honestly, much. Honestly, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it so much, and honestly, it's it's a fantastic platform that you've created. So you should be very proud of yourself for creating this space and creating this platform to be able to do it, and just kind of being so open and and freeing to go wherever it goes. So literally, I feel like we've covered the whole spectrum of national wildlife um, and cake and sexual innuendos. So what more could you want from a podcast? (laughs) What more could you want? Exactly. It's been an absolute pleasure, Dom. Lots of love, all right? Yes, definitely. Okay, take care, buddy. See ya. You've been listening to Reset with Tom, the podcast with me, Tom Metcalf. If you want to find out more about the guests I have on each of my shows, take a look at the episode description on whatever app you're listening on, and you'll find all the relevant info and links on that legend. You can follow me on Instagram at Reset with Tom. I put a lot of work into this gig, so please always show love, show your support, 
give me a follow or a star review, and that would just be amazing. If the core of this show has resonated with you, please share your thoughts on my socials. And if you would like to feature on Reset with Tom the Podcast, you know what to do. Just drop me a message. I would love to hear from you because remember, you are all inspirational. The theme music of the show is the incredible track Comes in Waves by Total Giovanni. Thank you so much for letting me use your sound, guys. The song is very important to me. Reset with Tom is produced by me and I will be here every Wednesday. So get that reminder set. See you next week, beautiful people. 